goes. Art, people, space, passion pod 51 for you, ladies and gents. Courtesy of Pocket Arts, that's basically what their vibe is. So, kind of fed up with East London, like, stealing all the creative jazz, Pocket are on a mission to bring creative stuff to West London. Well, a bit more of it anyway. Hunt it out and show it to us all. Share it with the world. A lot of pop-up action, artist tours, you'll find out all about it. Oh, and you might have just done this, so soz if that's exactly what you've just done. But don't forget, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Right, enough of all my yabbing. Let's get stuck in. You're listening to Passion Pod number 51 with Lucy from Pocket. Let's start at the beginning. Let's go in a nutshell. Yeah. If you were to describe Pocket Arts, what's your sort of like strap line or your Twitter status or uh, something like that? Pocket's status is uh, bringing people together and making things happen. Boom! <laughs> it's like you like practice that or something. Not at all. Not um, at all. So yeah, give me, and you can go expanded now. Bringing people together. That basically covers quite a large sort of sector of stuff. Yeah, but we tend to do it through the arts the passions are yeah arts and people and west london so it's just sort of getting everyone together that likes to do creative stuff amazing so sort of enabling people basically i guess so yeah and sort of celebrating our little pocket of london through creative ventures so yay yay. (laughs) yeah really yay um so you're focused mainly in west london because you felt that's that's where the need is yeah and i'm from west london so it was just sort of an area that i knew and love and i think just want to bring back a bit of a cool vibe i mean it was always it's like why we have to schlep to east it's like there's a lot of potential it's really exciting yeah that's one of the reasons we thought we didn't want to do east is that it's already happening yeah you know there's no point in trying to reinvent the wheel when yeah loads of people are already doing loads of cool stuff over there yeah so. so what's your background how did it like how was it born where did it come from uh, Obviously, you. Um, yes, <laughs> um, a love of the arts, I guess. So, like, my mum's an artist. My gran was an antique dealer. Uh, I start out my kind of profession, I suppose, if you'd call it that, at Sotheby's. Okay. So I worked in their impressionist art department um, as an admin person. So kind of doing all the shipping and the organising and the cool catalog making, um, which was awesome. And you get to kind of work with. Picasso's oh and stuff God, like that. that's amazing. It was really great. It was an awesome experience. But then you just sort of realised it was all about the money in that yeah. kind of commercial environment and not about the art or about the people. And um, it just, yeah, I wanted to do something a bit more sociably valuable or something like that. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I ended up working for Richmond Council Arts Team. Um, they were based out in a gallery in Richmond, well, Twickenham. And that involved, like, what all sorts of different bits all and pieces, I imagine. Stuff, yeah. yeah, so kind of um, arts events management, really. So we used to do the local Twickenham Carnival, their artist open studios, literature festivals, Amazing, like that. really diverse. Really diverse, yeah. And then that was, Pocket was born out of that, was Exactly, it? yeah. So um, I got given the opportunity to do a, a pop-up shop in Earl's Court. Uh, just a friend that happened to have an empty shop, as you do. <laughs> And um, yeah, so he'd, um, I was finishing work at Richmond to go travelling for a few months and he'd said, oh, well, before you go, do you and your mum fancy doing something arty in the shop before Christmas, which we did. And uh, so we had a creatives Christmas boutique. Um, just were amazed at kind of the number of people popping in sort of saying oh you know this is really great for anything kind of arty or different you've got to go to East London and I was going to ask sorry just jumping back what sort of things were you what did you have in in the 
in the space lots of different people with their different bits exactly yeah awesome. so we had uh, a couple of photographers um printmakers amazing people and just christmas sort of gifty Perfect jewelry, time, yeah. things like that yeah. yeah and then we had a little downstairs space where we had um some live music and kind of workshops and stuff like that on different evenings amazing um and so yeah it was um it went really well and i was sort of thinking i was like oh there's a need for some more of this sort of stuff uh, and the fact that people coming in and buying stuff was great but also just more people kind of coming in and saying oh I wish this I knew this was happening I'd have loved to take part and are you doing anything else and um, so showed yes. you there was legs in it basically yeah definitely so there was um, yeah that was kind of how Pocket was born I suppose and myself and then a, an, another ex-colleague from Richmond sort of started thinking we could be doing what we're doing in Richmond in this sort of like yeah Kensington Earl's Court Fulham area because there's obviously not much happening <laughs> yeah, yeah, until you guys arrived. So timeline, how did it grow from, yeah, from well, that Christmas event? It's been a bit sort of slow, I suppose, as it always is. You have yeah. to kind of keep the day job going. And so we've sort of progressed in two stages, having to come up with ideas of what events we'd like to run um, ourselves, but then also sort of farming ourselves out to do event organising for other clients. Perfect, because then that also grows your network and all that stuff. Exactly, Wicked. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so, um, and just, yeah, kind of both kind of keeping part-time jobs going, bringing money while you sort of, you know, like any expanding business, it's always a bit slow, but you just kind of keep your head down and... It gives you basically, it enables you to, to grow pocket as well mm. as be yeah. not stressed about money coming in. Yeah, exactly. So, um, one of the first projects I was really kind of keen for us to do ourselves as one of our own events was um, an open studio. So, I used to run the one in Richmond. Okay. There wasn't one in... Kensington or Fulham and there's so just many bizarre. I know, really weird and so I thought oh well, we need to have one <laughs> so it was literally a case of just starting putting out the word saying who wants to be involved um, social media yeah yeah your and, network and... um you know local newsletters yeah, local okay. press, stuff like that yeah. and um so the, that started in 2013 so we started with 25 artists on the map that was the minimum we needed to kind of make it happen um and then do you charge people for that so how does charge, it work yeah so the artists pay like a fee to take part yeah and that's kind of how we figured out how it was going to be how it was work we needed 25 to kind of cover the costs. print costs yeah and stuff yeah like that. yeah and then the year after so last year it doubled so we had 50 artists amazing and, um and yeah and so this year we're aiming for 100 Oh, so wicked. But the pop-up stuff, you still do all that pop-up stuff. Haven't you just done one in South Kent? That kind of came about because of feedback from the Open Studios artists. They were sort of wanting to keep momentum going. So they wanted sort of something to happen in the spring. It's brilliant for you that there's the drive from them as well, because that really must help yeah, your end definitely, of things. Yeah, definitely, um, yeah. And so I'd had for ages in my mind this idea that I wanted to do something around artists that worked with recycled stuff and something in the spring you know it's that whole create something new from something old spring cleaning kind of idea and um yeah everyone loves a pop-up the artist wanted a pop-up so we were like okay fine we'll try and find a venue nervous um, smile yeah. <laughs> but yeah as you say having that drive from them kind of really pushed us to get going so we spent ages trying to find a pop-up space which is a lot easier than it sounds um just which is a shame isn't yeah, it yeah uh, yeah so we were trying to do it the kind of personal way and literally calling up agency numbers on boards of empty shops and sort of saying oh is the landlord interested in a short term no god hard work yes. that to stay motivated it must as well. have been about a hundred odd 
emails and agents and stuff that we were sending info to. Anyway, in the end, we sort of bit the bullet and went through one of these new online platforms that deals purely in um, short-term leases. Did um, you find that, was, was that a good process? They were really great, actually. Um, so you do pay a bit of a premium or slightly higher rental because you've got sort of a, a middleman but in terms of ease and kind of security it was brilliant they dealt with the kind of the contract and the lease and the deposit and all that all stuff. the boring stuff yeah and um and actually it worked really well because the first place we found uh pulled out two weeks before <gasps> oh my god and if that had been your independent you'd have been yeah oh we'd god. have been screwed so actually oh having that middleman was great because they were um like i'm so sorry this has never happened or we'll give you some options that might work and so we actually we found somewhere they found us an option that was a little actually twice as much money wise but 10 times better in terms of location and stuff like that and that we're still having negotiations about price but because they sort of messed up they're going to help out with some of the money great but um so yeah we've got this uh empty shop on kind of the corner by South Ken Tube. What a location. Amazing location. Oh my God. And um, just this beautiful space that's been whitewashed. Yeah, big high windows, a spiral staircase, oh. a little mezzanine. <laughs> you had me at the spiral staircase. I, I've had a dream of a, a gallery of a spiral staircase for like the last 10 years. I was like, yeah, it's fine. I don't care that it's twice as much. We're I'll having, take it. We're having this as our gallery. That's great. That's so um, awesome. Yeah, and it had the right storage space. It Meant has, to be. Yeah. So it was super. We had 50 artists in the end sort of all submit work. So the whole kind of submission process um, and kind of curation was done by my colleague, Julie, who was just fantastic. And um, a real kind of range of work as well. So kind of a sculptor that works with recycled milk bottles, kind of creating these amazing heads and figures and stuff. And then somebody else that had made... Uh, a piece out of Nespresso pods, you know. The oh, old good coffee. idea! Great, so colourful. Such a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So, we like your colours. The way people interpreted the whole refuse, reuse exhibition title was really interesting. They were a really nice group of people to work with, and yeah, generally kind of I think artists of all types, whether it's visual artists or performers. Um, I just yeah, quite the energy I think is always. Hi. It's like you start-uppers. It's exactly the same, <laughs> these passion pods of you. And it's exactly the same vibe. It's like, oh, can I feed a bit more off that, please? Mm. So what's one of your biggest challenges? What have you found has been really, really tough with setting up Pocket? Um, yeah, I guess barriers. the challenge is you need to invest the time to make the money, but then you need to be earning the money to have the time. That yeah, sort of absolute ba- balance. Yeah, that balance has been quite... Um, tricky. And, and frustrating, I imagine. Yeah, a little bit, because you, you don't want to be doing your other than work to make the money you want to be doing your passion but then it's not making you any money yet and you have to pay the bills yet 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 <laughs> it will come build it and they will come um, and I guess just you can never you never do enough so kind of on the marketing side and um, you've always got a to-do list of oh I need to contact that person I need to do this and they're just not enough hours in the day but and it gets a bit frustrating because you want to do more but you want to have like 50 hands yeah. and be like yeah some tentacles um what about the things that have been brilliant what have you loved about like setting up pocket and having your own thing what's been the sort of real winner the people and the kind of seeing stuff come together um and receiving like lovely feedback and people kind of going when's your next thing whatever it is so which is great and also then a bit scary because you have to produce more but, uh, um, we haven't thought yet please don't ask yeah exactly <laughs> um 
And actually, I suppose that might be one of the hard things. Can I go back to one of the yeah, hard things? Yeah, of course, is, great. Um, it's a bit of both, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. There's always going to be the bad feedback or the negatives, and it's always easy to dwell on the negative. And you need kind of people to remind you, okay, maybe that one person complained, but 10 people gave really nice thoughts. So that's one of the tricky things, is not listening to kind of the criticism too much. And so, yeah, the great bits are kind of, I think, when you're working really hard, but you're working for something that you believe in you're not working for somebody else you've got got the got the vision and the dream and fair enough you're up till midnight going through stuff but it's worthwhile because it's yours and you're building it and then so I guess the flip side of that is that maybe the friends that are in kind of their corporate nine-to-five advertising job don't quite get it the same when you're like no no no, I I can't come or I can't stay for another drink I've got to go home and get on with stuff you quickly find the people that get it and don't don't half my friends have no idea what I do it's like oh some sort of art thing you know yeah she's She's really cool she does art it's like that's fine you just come and help donate to our big crowdfunding campaigns and that's just okay yeah just come along to the private view there'll be wine oh okay yeah that'll get everyone there quick yeah yeah now I'm just looking at my phone because I came up with a new thing today uh which is this idea of like a startup satchel, which is a bit like Mary Poppins's bag. Yeah. Okay, so size and actual tangibility ain't no issue. And I was thinking of three things that you'd put in it. So you have an inspiration. Yeah. You have a technology you can put in, a bit of technology, and a person. But so, inspiration. What do you reckon you choose for your inspiration? I think it would have to be space. Oh, you are a dream. That's a goodie. Just a love that bit out there. But whether it's sort of um, an outdoor space or an empty shop, or your kind of armchair in your living room, that's your little happy place. So yeah, I think it would have to be your special space. Babes, that is bang on. I love that. That is so good. I love that this is so brilliant. It's so different. Um, and your technology. What would your technology be? You don't have to have one if you don't want. You're looking I like you just don't have anything to do with it. Um, I hate to say it, but it would probably have to be my phone. Yeah. Just because we just rely on them. Like, taking photos I'm all, yeah, photos and Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. I, yeah, I think we'd... Whenever the battery goes, which is frequently, I just feel lost. So, yeah, it would probably have to be my phone. Especially when you're starting up, I think. It's like everything's coming, you know, so thick and fast that actually that communication yeah. is so vital, isn't it? But also just when you're kind of running events and stuff, you're people are always calling you saying, I can't find it, or what do I need for this? Or, yeah, so phone. Yeah, good good choix. Um, and finally, your person. What would you be, what person would you pop in your, your start-up satchel? They can shrink. They'd be like a borrower. <laughs> You can totally have two. Okay, because one would definitely be my mum. Good she shout. She is awesome. So yeah, she's an artist, very talented, but just, yeah, is always sort of emailing me ideas and, oh, have you seen this? And she's out there giving out flyers and, um, but also I'd have to say, yeah, sort of business colleague. So there's been a few different kind of people that come through, but um, just having that person to like bounce ideas off and things. I think you really struggle if you're on your own as a startup. So, a buddy. Yeah, God, I so many times wished I'd had a buddy for all my stuff. Because it makes such a difference just to say it out loud, doesn't yeah. it? It's like that thing of, like, all those thoughts in your head, but actually to have someone to bounce them off, it's like, oh, God, great. Thanks and there's that. always stuff that you know you should be doing, but that somebody else could probably do better. And so, yeah, finding that kind of special buddy that's got a different skill set, I think, is 
Yeah, a winner. Yeah. A very handy person to yes. have in your backpack. Yeah, yeah. What bit of advice do you wish you'd been given? Get a good accountant. <laughs> oh, good one. Yeah, good one. Um, I thought I'd found, I kind of did that, oh yeah, I'm going to have like an art specialist accountant person um, to start off with because she might know people and stuff, but actually, no useless really that's Um, really interesting so a designer friend of mine suggested um kind of a a non-london based account actually but has a really good online system because i think once you get organized with kind of your expenses and it sounds really dull but it just saves so much time and stress if you know kind of the finances are kind of ticking over and organized one of the tips i'd say as well is um in terms of kind of incorporation and what business structure you're going to have figure out if you're going to be wanting to register as a charity or if you're going to be limited by shares or um because we got it wrong the first time we were thinking going charity status and then didn't and we thought it'd be easy to change and it's not so try and do as much research and talk to as many we didn't talk to as many people as we should have beforehand so yeah i'd say do the research and kind of figure out the best way if you can before you like go the incorporated route that's really handy and networking as well again dull but it's got to be done but I think like go to specific things have an idea of why you're going to a networking event kind of what you want to get out of it do you want to tell people about you or do you need to find particular contacts you know perhaps you need to find a good accountant or perhaps you know <laughs> or someone who can help you with a pop-up shop yeah exactly so um so yeah kind of get good at networking however much you hate it try you've been listening to passion pod number 51 with Lucy from pocket Big fat thanks Lucy and Pocket Arts and to you cherubs for listening. If you fancy a bit more of where this came from, there's loads of them. Subscribe on iTunes or you can find us on our website passionpods.co.uk. Any other bits and pieces, Twitter at passionpods and Facebook. So original with our naming. So next week, if you're into your food and drinky type stuff, good one. We're chatting to Paul, the head chef of brand new cocktail foodie geniusness that is Tonic and Remedy. That is all happening next Monday. So we'll see you then, right?